eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bucknutters, it is Wednesday, January 17th, 2024. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. A little bit of a different show for you today. We are going to welcome in NFL draft expert Dane Brugler from The Athletic. We tend to have him in here a couple times every year to go over the draft cycle. And then if there's a bunch of stuff everyone wants to talk about that's a little more team related or possibly some and stuff, we can hit that after Dane Boogies or get to it later in the week. But our partner for today, Joy Mode, I think I speak for most men when I say we want to have better sex. And for the sake of our partner, we may need to have better sex. The issue is that over-the-counter erection pills contain unregulated chemicals, suggest unsafe doses, and include the risk of several health problems. That's why we partnered with our friends over at Joy Mode. Whether you're looking to spice up your intimate moments or increase your confidence in the bedroom, Joy Mode makes all natural and science-backed supplements dedicated to helping men perform better across their core functions. Their trademark product, the Sexual Performance Booster, is every man's solution for increased blood flow, firmness, stamina, and performance. It's like a pre-workout, but for sex. All ingredients have been assessed in peer-reviewed journals. All ingredients have been studied and researched in humans. It comes in a palm-sized packet like your favorite electrolyte powder. Simply mix with six to eight ounces of water 45 minutes before sexual activity and watch the magic unfold literally. Redefine your intimacy and use and go to usejoymode.com for 20% off with the code BUCKNUTS. That's 20% off and free shipping with code BUCKNUTS at usejoymode.com. Ingredients with integrity, Joy Mode. Speaking of integrity, the great Dane Brugler joins us for his, 
I was trying to figure out, Dane, this is like the fourth or fifth year in a row we've had you on here to preview the draft. Much different experience this time around. I once had 17 names written down that we had to go <laughs> over. We will not be going over 17 names today. Dane, how are you? I'm good. I'm trying to stay warm up here. Uh, how are you? Unable to stay warm. As I told you before the show, my family and I have settled on the term soul wrenching. Uh, some think it's the coldest it's ever been since we've been here in the last 15 years, but it's been brutal. And thankfully we were working out indoors. Let me ask you a question. I, I told you we're going we're gonna to approach today's show this way. As I said, normally Dane and I literally go over 12 or 13 guys who we think will be drafted and then three or four guys who are probably going to be free agents. And uh, the show goes for eons. And I promised Dane it's going to take 30 minutes and it usually takes about 50. I'm probably not going to have a good excuse if we go over the 30-minute mark today, given that the roll call for Ohio State is so much different this time around. So I thought we'd tackle the guys that are going. And then I think the bulk of the show will go over the guys that aren't going. Um, we won't go into as much detail as maybe we would have been, obviously, and where they would have been. But I think people want to know from you what they were actually giving up. Um, and then, you know, we'll go over uh, maybe some of the guys they got in the portal, what you think of them, your early thoughts on them. And, of course, at the end, we will um, hit on a certain quarterback that's playing in the NFL right now that you may have heard of. That's uh, doing quite well. Lo, he's not been out of the university for too long. Dane, first question, Warren, Ohio, correct? Uh, since I was three months old, lived in Warren, Ohio. Uh, spent some time and went to Mount Union. Then after college, went down to Texas for 10 years. And then uh, my wife and I moved back to Warren because my parents are here. Her parents are here. Wanted to raise our family here, put down roots. So, uh, yeah, Northeast Ohio. I'll probably be here the rest of my life and – I am very happy about that. Dane is also going to be there because he's got about 100 kids. And so he's not as mobile as the rest of us and young ones. So he'll enjoy that. And he was, I actually came across Dane in depth when he was uh, working with the Cowboys. Um, we're not going to spend a lot of time on the Cowboys today, Dane. Um, as you can tell, my eyes are, I've been using that cream you put on to cover your tears <laughs> afterwards. Just kidding. All right, let's start at the top with um, if he's not the best player that I've seen at Ohio State, he's the best receiver, and that is really a strong statement given where they've, they've been recently and career-wise. Marvin Harrison Jr., take it, take it away. It's just it's really hard to talk about Marvin uh, without sounding too hyperbolic um, because he's just that good. Um, and, and what you love about his game is some receivers rely just on the physical gifts, right? Their size, their speed, uh, and he has those things. Uh, you know, he's not the in terms of bulk, he's not the biggest guy, but he's six three. Uh, you know, he's got length. He's a really good athlete. His uh, agility numbers are going to be great at the combine. He'll run well in the 40, uh, but he's also a really savvy player. He just understands how to set up defensive backs. His route running is outstanding. Um, and then my favorite thing about Marvin Harrison Jr. is what he does at the catch point. He has that unique ability to slow the ball down with his eyes, and that's something that we saw – Chris Carter do uh, back in the day in the 90s we saw Larry Fitzgerald would do that 
Um, it's a really rare trait, and I think he does it. Uh, and that's just that that package of skills, the physical skills, but also the savvy, the instincts that he has, the catch point skills, all of the above. If you're gonna like list his weaknesses, you're nitpicking. You know, you're you're really searching for something. So yeah, he is the the favorite to be the first non quarterback drafted. And we'll, it'll be interesting. I My two-round mock draft uh, came out this week, and I had quarterback 1-2, which I think is expected. Um, the Bears at 1, Washington at 2, and then the Patriots at 3, a little bit of wild card. They could obviously go quarterback, but they could also take that not, first non-quarterback off the board. And uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, that would be a really nice fit for them. So basically, yeah, the names that everyone knows now, the top seems – and you can obviously uh, contradict this, but the top seems pretty clear. It's Caleb Williams out of USC, Drake May of North Carolina. And I guess the question is whether the team at three would like Marvin or Jaden Daniels. Is that what you're seeing? Or I, I think, well, I, I think it's fair to say Caleb and Drake in, in whatever order, you know, if they flip flopped, that's uh, it wouldn't be too much of a surprise. It, it quarter, it's such a quarterback-driven league that you just you don't know, and there's no consensus order with these quarterbacks. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and if there's say Washington at two prefers Jane Daniels, uh, you know, I, 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 you could understand why based off of the season Jaden Daniels had this year. So, um, I we'll see. I think it's f- fair to say again the favorites: Caleb Williams, Drake May, but Jane Daniels or one of these other quarterbacks. Um, if they snuck into the top 10, it's certainly possible. So, And the Patriots are in a weird situation where there's no more Bill Belichick. Uh, we know their head coach, but we don't know you know, who's really going to be calling the shots on draft weekend. You know, They don't have a de facto general manager, really. So there's some intrigue with the Patriots at three and what they might do. But uh, you can't go wrong taking a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. I think there's some increased interest here, too, with the Bears, given it's Justin Fields. Sure. Um, I, you may have already said this, but I credit Mike Lombardi for bringing this point up. It's not just a decision of do you want to keep Fields. If you could keep him on and sign him again to the same rookie contract and have him develop right. over those three years, you'd be fine. But you've got to pay him like a legit starter now. Yeah. So that makes it's, it's as good. much a financial decision as is a football decision. Right. So what do you expect to happen? Uh, you know, we, we don't know what they're going to do, but I can tell you what the rest of the league thinks they're going to do, and they think they're going to trade Justin Fields. And you can certainly understand why they'd come to that conclusion based off of, I mean, yes, Justin Fields has made strides. He has made improvements. But are you prepared to give him a $100 million contract? Um, I, you know, that's a tough pill to swallow. And I, I think a clean break is good for everybody. You know, I, I mean, Justin's obviously, it's not the end of his career. There's mm-hmm. plenty of interest. Uh, Falcons. Uh, the Raiders, the Broncos, I mean, there's a lot of teams that could use a quarterback uh, like Justin Fields. And so, um, you know, if you're the Bears, you love to see Justin play better and better down the stretch in December. helps the trade market for him. Um, but I think it makes sense for them just – and if you're Ryan Poles, the general manager, you didn't draft Justin Fields, mm-hmm. you might never – this might be your last draft of general manager. You don't know. So you're going you're gonna to draft your guy. And I, I think that's why the overwhelming favorite scenario is – uh, or most likely scenario is quarterback at one, the Bears trade Justin Fields for my guess would be multiple day two picks. Yeah, it's going to be interesting though, because as good as Caleb is, every quarterback goes through some growing pains. I mean, sure. within reason, we'll get to the one who somehow doesn't. But um, when he's going through those growing pains, if at that same time 
uh, Justin is playing well in another spot, that's going to be a tough deal for a for that general manager. So sure. it's really a challenging situation for them. And the Bears haven't traditionally, I don't think, handled these situations with a deft touch. So we shall see. But it's interesting. Other Buckeyes. Um, Cade Stover has not made anything official. I'm assuming he's leaving. Um, he's been a really interesting player here in that in high school, he was kind of uh, more of a defensive player, kind of a put him out at like hybrid middle linebacker safety and just have him just destroy people, which was, by the way, a fun watch for anyone who likes to go back and look at old videos. It's unbelievable. Um, and then he played some linebacker here and played pretty well, played some stand-up defensive end, settled in at tight end, and he was a really clutch player for them this year. Um he was banged up a lot of the year, and you can even tell um, if you watch him, there's some um, plays where he's trying to pick himself up off the turf after the snap. Mm-hmm. And he's an extremely tough human being. The nickname Farmer Gronk, I think, is one of the better ones. But um, I'm certain he's going to be a pro football player. I don't know where. And um, I mean, I'd like him. One of the ways I do this is I would like him on my team. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I was in Columbus for the Maryland game this this past fall, um, and he was a big part of because that was that was a that was a tough game. Ohio State couldn't get anything going offensively in the first half. Uh, you know, it, it felt like it, it, they just throw it up to Marvin Harrison and hope something would happen. And then uh, Cal McCord was able to do some stuff with Cade Stover, and, and it seemed like that was a repeatable pattern this year with Stovers when you needed someone to maybe get the offense going. When you know defenses are bracketing Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, go to the tight end, go go to Stover, and yeah, he is just a really solid player all around, smooth athlete. Uh, he had a grand total of zero drops this year. So outstanding hands. Um, and he secures through contact. It's not just the hands. It's the ability to take the physicality that he plays with to take hits, maintain his focus. Um, as a blocker, it's, it's definitely up and down. There are times where, you know, I could, I could show clips where, Hey, you know, he did his assignment, understood what he needed to do, got it done. Another where, especially out in space, where it's just, it's a, it's a, you're not quite sure if he's going to finish the mission, but he is a, from all aspects of the game, special teams, what he's asked to do on offense, whether it's in line, whether it's in the slot, he is a a really solid player, coordinated athlete, um, tough, like you mentioned. I think the versatility is valuable here. I don't know that he's going to maybe test like you like for teams want in a potential top 100 tight end. But if he doesn't go, you know, late third, I think somewhere early day three makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense for him. And that's where the tight ends go. I mentioned mm-hmm. my Cowboys fandom. That's where they got that uh, Jake Ferguson, who, by the way, was the best yeah. player on the team in the game. Um, they're kind of similar, I think, in some ways. Jake had the advantage of being kind of the main guy in the Wisconsin offense, almost mm-hmm. like uh, you get in Iowa, but, I'll say this about Kate Stover. Maybe his body is somewhat of a risk because he's been injured. His football character and his toughness and his contribution to the locker room is literally number. There is no risk whatsoever with that. He's going to be one of the toughest guys in the locker room. And we often, we have this joke, Dave, and I like to ask people, like if there was a brawl in the locker room, who walked out? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he and Tommy Eichenberg were roommates, and we thought those two just get back to back and fight their way out. By the way, best 
answer of the year. We asked Brian Hartline who would emerge, and Brian Hartline's answer was me. Which, uh, <laughs> let you know why my guy can recruit. A little bit of an yeah. out there. Okay, the other two guys um, who are going to be draft eligible that we need to hear about are Mike Hall Jr., who um, is really the one guy who had a choice and is booging, um, has some family stuff to handle, and has one point in time been really highly thought of. And then Matthew Jones, offensive lineman, who's been here for a while. Could you give us your thoughts on both those dudes? Yeah, it, well, Hall will be really interesting because he's so young. He's He doesn't turn 21 until June. So this is a young, young player. Um, the flashes get you excited, uh, but it's just the down-to-down consistency. And some of that is injury-related. He's missed time each of the last two years. Um, but you think about when if you're going to draft an undersized defensive tackle, he better be a proven disruptor. And again, the flashes tell you that Hall can do it, but in his career at Ohio State, he had a grand total of 10 tackles for loss. Uh, that sh- that should be one season for a player that you're going to consider taking in you know the first two rounds. So I think the lack of size, the lack of a proven resume, th- those things are going to hurt him through the process. But he is a type of guy that you want to invest in if you're you know third round, fourth round. Um, you know, you're, it's probably going to be you worry about as a rookie what he's going to pr- provide for you. You worry about just can he hold up over the longevity of the contract but the flashes if you use him as a rotational player I think Michael Hall could be a really nice piece to what you're doing on defense so didn't quite have that junior year or the redshirt sophomore year we thought he would this past year um, so it was a little surprising to see him declare so early I know well, he had a, he had a son in September I believe um, so he's you know there, there's a lot to like about Hall and the talent but as a proven NFL commodity or a proven football player, it's just there, there's some question marks. So I think he'll somewhere in between the third, fourth round range, probably where he'll come off the board. Um, but he's an interesting one. Um, who, who's the other one you asked about? Matthew Jones, um, guard. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he, he came back and I thought he played better this year. Now, I don't. I don't know that he because he was a PFA coming over the summer, uh, priority free agent uh, type of grade. I thought he played better this year, um, showed a little bit of versatility moving around, um, better consistency. There's no question about that. Was it enough to get him drafted? Uh, not convinced about that. I, I do think that he helped himself. I do think he's got a good chance to, uh, you know, if he doesn't get drafted, he'll be a, one of the first calls as a free agent because like you know what you're getting with him. Sure. Um, he, he's a good guy to have in your training camp. But I don't know that he did enough this year to actually hear his name called on draft weekend. I think I agree with you there. But if anything, the portal has shown us and <laughs> the evolution of football, I've got some nerdy thoughts on linebackers. But offensive linemen are becoming more and more scarce. It is. It sure. seems to be the hardest group to keep together. Um, it's so important, man. It's just so important. I, and I'm probably geeked about it a little more here at Ohio state, just because I, I think it's the last thing that they need in terms of next year to like mm-hmm. get to, you know, even more Sega levels than they have now. Um, I say Sega cause I'm old. I mean like PlayStation. <laughs> you, you, you probably even know the, the latest. Um, I played Sonic growing up. I was, there you I was go. There Sega. You go. Yeah, sure. Right on. So, um, all right, now let's get into this. <clears throat> Dane and I do communicate now and then uh, during 
other times and I was starting sending him stuff like, I think this guy's coming back. And you're like, no, he's not. I'm like, he might dude. And it got to the point where I stopped sending him because it sounded like a broken record and it was getting yeah. silly because this just does not happen at Ohio mm-hmm. state. Even where, I mean, look, you come to Ohio state to go to the NFL. Most of the guys that come to Ohio state, I say this routinely are the best player in the history of their town. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those places where we give the the next three or four years when we commit publicly because we're not looking to be here for four years. And when they say three or four, they mean three. Um, that said, I've never we've never seen this happen before. Maybe ever anywhere you you could put this in context because just listen to the names and JT Tuomola, Mekke Buka, Denzel Burke, Tyreek Williams. Uh, Trayvon Henderson, Jack Sawyer, Donovan Jackson, Latham Ransom, Jordan Hancock, all could have been drafted. Um, oh, yeah. Early. And are drafted all early, coming yeah. back. If you Obviously, you're not going to break down each one in total detail, but if you could give like a general round for each uh, where you thought they were going to go and maybe general shock value on the whole and then individually and kind of just what do you think of this whole thing? Yeah, it, it was a big surprise, and um, you know, I credit to uh, the collective and Ohio State for being able to keep these guys. Um, it, it'll be, it, and I, I think part of it is some of these guys maybe didn't have the season they wanted, and that plays a part in this too. You know, if you're a Mecca Buka and you're coming off the injury, you didn't have the 2023 you wanted. So going back, staying healthy, um, that that's as much a part of this as anything to help your, you know, because this is a, like I said, I came out with my two-round mock draft on The Athletic this week. I had 11 receivers in there. So it, it, there's a lot of receivers drafted early every single year. And if you're a, a Buka, you know, the chance to come out with a, uh, a better season makes sense for him. Now, um, if I, you know, redid that two-round mock, included all these Ohio <laughs> State players, Egbuka would have been in there. Um, I probably somewhere in that mid-second round. Um, I, I think he's you know a top fifty type of player, um, even coming off the a, a not so great season because of the injury. Um, Travion Henderson. I thought once Quinchon Judkins, once that transfer was announced, I, I just in the back of my mind was thinking, oh okay, well Travion's going pro, makes sense. He he could be the first running back drafted. This is not a great running back class. Um, I don't think we're gonna have a running back drafted top fifty this year. Maybe not even the top two rounds. So Henderson coming out, being a running back, playing that position, especially in this class, made a ton of sense. Uh, but he decides to go back, and you love the versatility that he offers. Um, you know, he is what he can do in the passing game, what he does, just anytime the ball's in his hands. Um, it, it's just a lot of fun to watch. He's built low to the ground, grinds through contact. He's got wiggle. Um, and then once he gets in the open field, good luck catching him. So hopefully we see another healthy season from from Travion. Um, I, he, he was a borderline, might have made my two-round mock. Uh, like I said, he was in the mix for running back one in this class. Um, Time out, real uh, who, quick. Have, have you sure. ever looked at? Have you ever thought about Judkins? Because to me, I, I, I had envisioned Judkins on one of my teams, and it was the Cowboys. Well, I, he's he wasn't draft eligible, so I didn't do any deep dives on saying. him yet. But yeah, you can't watch that Ole Miss offense without 
you know, your eyes drawing to him because he runs so dang hard, so dang physical, and he is he's an athletic guy. He's not just a hammer. He he's a hammer with some some juice. And so I those two guys in the same backfield kind of seems unfair. Hopefully we see both of them healthy throughout the season because it'd be a it'd be a lot of fun to watch. Couldn't you see them being one and two next year in the draft? Uh sure. I mean I I, I like I said What's I haven't done enough back, work. Man. Yeah, I haven't done enough work on the running back class next year, but both these guys have the talent to be drafted uh, top top sixty guys. No, no question about it. So that could absolutely be two of the first two or three running backs drafted, no doubt. Denzel Burke, Burke would have definitely made it in there. Um, you know, he's with the athleticism that he plays with, the toughness that he plays with. Um, he's sometimes when his back is to the ball, uh, that that's where you worry in terms of. Understanding when when the throw is coming, making a play on the ball, um, consistency because he loves to fly downhill and he'll try to hit you. Sometimes he's just out of control when he does it, and so uh, just being a little more controlled as a run defender. So things he can work on, but yeah, he would have made uh, my mock draft for either late one, early two. He's that type of. Uh, he probably could have said the same thing about JT. I think he would have been somewhere late one, early two. I know he doesn't have the sack production that uh, you know people expected out of him, but the motor runs hot. He uh, plays with low hips. He understands how to angle his body, win with leverage, win with heavy hands. Um, you know, he's just needs to be more consistent finishing in the backfield too many missed tackles in the backfield once he gets that initial pressure um some of his counters need some work um but you know he's a guy that is got plenty of it even though he didn't get the sack plenty of his reps affected the quarterback and affected what the the backfield action was so even though the sack numbers aren't amazing he's still an impact player and same thing with you know jack sawyer um you know he's a really interesting player because he's not maybe as bendy as you know you want from a, an edge rusher, but he's always in chase mode. He's got strong hands. He can finish. Uh, he creates movement at contact. Um, you know, there's just a lot of things to like about him as being a rock solid player. Uh, again, maybe not someone that's going to light the world on fire with uh, you know ten sacks. But de- snap in, snap out. He, you know what you're getting from him. And so another guy that you know has some areas he can improve just in terms of setting the edge and holding contain um setting up his move so he understands okay if i do this on this play the next play i can set him up with this man just all it's a it's a mind game and getting better and better um with another year under his belt i think will be big for jack sawyer so those two guys and then throw tyleek williams in there too um he was maybe the biggest riser of this group um with what he did this season and it doesn't matter versus the run versus the pass uh, he plays a lot of snaps, and in the fourth quarter, he's still making plays. He'll split double teams. Um, the run awareness was really impressive. That's what really stood out to me. Not only the physical ability to stack, detach, make a stop, he understands where the play design is. He understands his keys. He understands, okay, what angles do I need uh, to uh, win the block, win the angle, and then you know affect affect the ball carrier. So Tyleek Williams, big riser this year. That defensive line, returning three of those guys up front, That's uh, if you're a Buckeyes fan, that's pretty exciting. Definitely the most improved player on the team this year on defense was Tyleek. Got himself into real shape. I heard one of your podcasts – um, when the Bears traded their pick to the Redskins, the, Redskins, the uh, Commanders for Montez Sweat, 
Mm. That slot, you had Jack Sawyer in that slot and compared it to this trade, this. So these are some highly regarded dudes here. Um, definitely. So let's finish off with Donovan Jackson, Lathan Ransom, and Jordan Hancock. Donovan Jackson's a guy, I think, coming off, you know, uh, the – the tackles, uh, Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones the year before, I think mm-hmm. there were high hopes that he was going to be like the next one. He didn't have a great year. He's an explosive guy. Like, I mean, you see the talent. Um, the tools are there. Uh, he, he's really athletic, smooth on pulls, can get to the second level, engage linebackers. Um, where he needs to improve is just the the details of the position, you know, resetting his eyes so he can handle delayed blitzes or stunts. Um, playing better with his hands, resetting so he can sustain, um, understanding what counter uh, maneuvers uh, defenders are going to throw at him, repositioning his feet and recovering. So it's just all these little things that he has the ability. Now it's a matter of refining your technique and uh, you know playing the mental game. So you're not surprised by what's coming at you. you know, Donovan Jackson, I, I'm glad he went back because he needed it. Um, no guarantee he would have been drafted top 100. Maybe he would have because he's just so raw or just so talented, uh, even though he's raw. Um, but I'm glad he went back because he can get a lot better and really help himself, uh, not just in his draft standing, but going to the NFL. The NFL is not a developmental league. Uh, he has a chance to go to the NFL much more prepared, which can help him long term. So that, that, that was a good move. Um, Ransom, I, I liked Ransom coming into the year, and I think he probably would be in this draft class if not for that injury. So, you know, for next year, it's all about getting healthy and getting back on the field. And, uh, you know, he's. You know, he's another guy. When I was I was on the sideline for that Maryland game, he made a few big plays in that game. I think he had an interception. Uh, you see him fly around the field, and you see the range. You see the closing speed. So for him, it's just about helping that consistency, staying healthy. So eager to see him next year. And then um, Hancock, yeah, he was uh, – I think Burke gets all the all the attention. And I, I at one point, I wasn't even looking at him because – or Hancock because I thought he was a – uh, true sophomore, but actually a redshirt so- sophomore. I'm like, oh, I need to catch up on him. And he's a really talented guy. I don't know. I think right now he's probably fourth round-ish, but the way he played down the stretch, I think he's trending up. He, he is. Yeah, and, and you see it coming together for him. So if that continues next year, we'll be talking about a you know top 100 guy and, and a player that's on the rise. I don't know how to quantify this. He finds the ball. Does that make sense? There's some guys who just have oh, yeah. kind of that knack. I don't know if it's instinct or in basketball, it's like those guards who get offensive rebounds. They just have this mm-hmm. feel where the ball is going to go. Hancock is a very instinctual player back there. Um, he added some bulk, and I think that really helped him. Versatile as well. The guy I, I should have asked about, and I didn't, um, both linebackers, Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, um, Eichenberg, obviously, um, I think he's the better prospect of the two. Um, you know, coming off some injuries this year, uh, you know, he's banged up, but that just, I think, speaks to his toughness that he was able to play in some of these games when he probably shouldn't have. Highly instinctive. Uh, you love the discipline with his eyes, with his fits. Uh, the physicality uh, speaks for itself. Uh, the way he can use his hands, work off of offensive linemen, strong rap tackler, drives through contact. Um, not the most vocal guy, but man, that's he's intense, and that that's something that you know the scouts talk about with him. We'll see how he tests. That'll be interesting. Um, I don't think he's he's not a playmaker in coverage. I think he has enough athleticism where he can drop and um, you know be someone that is not going to embarrass himself in zone coverage. Uh, but I just didn't see him find the ball uh, quick enough when you know he was asked to play with some of those coverage responsibilities. So um, I, I think he's probably in that third round range as long as he he tests okay and the injuries are okay uh, with. Uh, uh, Chambers, he's he's a little bit further down. I mean, he's I think he'll get drafted, but probably late. Um, you know, he's he played a lot of football football for the Buckeyes. Um, you know, he's a, obviously an athlete, former running back. Um, some of the stuff on his tape is inconsistent with uh, you know kind of the opposite of Eichenberg in terms of working off blocks and some of the the run fits. But with his athleticism, with the way he plays, that that play personality. I think he'll at worst be a special teamer and a guy that you know is going to compete for defensive snaps while he's playing on special teams. I was just going to say that Steel Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg also, and I'm not trying to first class human. Steel Chambers is yeah. the dude. I mean, he he's got a lot going for him as a human being, and mm-hmm. like I'm glad you said that he's the kind of guy that will go and be a core special teamer. Um, it's, you know, linebackers are very valuable now for special teams because sure. they can play on every unit. So, and he's yeah. a smart guy. He's had leadership, comes from a place where he's expected to win every week. He, to me, is almost, if he was in Dallas covering kicks, I wouldn't mind that too bad. Well, All right. One other guy I wanted to mention is Josh Proctor, um, who I think, he, I think he's going to get drafted on day three. Um, you know, a six-year senior, obviously had, had quite the career up and downs in Columbus. But the way he played this year, um, again, referencing, referencing that that Maryland game, um, he was a huge part of that win. Long player, he's an impressive athlete. Uh, it, he's not a perfect player by any means. With uh, you know, he's out of control at times. He's improved as a tackler, some of the, the rap stuff. But um, you know, he's a guy that has tools. And even though he's an older player, uh, the athletic plays. He, he had a pick six uh, in that Maryland game. The the speed versus the run, where he can play single high and make plays outside the numbers. Um, he just he makes athletic plays, and that's something that will translate to the next level. So we'll see if he can hold up physically, uh, but he's at least going to get that chance. Excellent point. And if you could make a nice highlight video of Proctor, because when he gets mm-hmm. there and it's all squared up, he makes a legit legit impact. I mean, he yeah. he's a fumble forcing kind of guy. I don't. I keep talking about the Cowboys. He he be. I don't think physically he can hold up to playing like a Donovan Wilson type. Right. But he is like that, and then he's just a nut. You know yep. what I'm saying? He's coming for you. 
You need that on special teams too. So yeah. I, yeah, he's another guy that could make a living on special teams while you know being a solid backup and a guy that you know a third safety, fourth safety on a roster. Yeah, that, that's a, definitely a possible trajectory for for Josh Proctor. Speaking of quarterbacks, um, Ohio State transfer quarterback Will Howard from Kansas State was considering possibly entering the NFL. Yeah, had you taken a look at him at all? Can you give anybody a vibe on on what they're getting? Yeah, no, I did. And it goes back to last summer when, um, you know, I was talking with a scout about, you know, these quarterbacks and, you know, he told me, uh, I had not looked at him at that point. He told me, make sure you check out Kansas state, uh, number 18, because he's, he's a guy, he's a, he's a guy we'll be talking about and you see the tools, good size athlete. Um, he, the way he can use his legs to bail him out. Um, that's something that is a big difference from the quarterback play Ohio state had this past season. Um, he's tough. He'll look down the gun barrel, fire passes. Um, and when we talk about mobility for quarterbacks, it's not just the ability to tuck and run and, you know, get the first down. It's the pocket mobility. That's something that I think, um, uh, you know, watching the Missouri tape this year, watch Will Howard with the pocket mobility so he can buy himself those extra half seconds. And that's the difference between a guy coming open and a sack or, you know, uh, being able to not convert the third down or moving the sticks. Uh, Will Howard has that ability. And so I'm very excited for uh, to see him with, you know, Kansas State's a nice program, but the talent he's going to have around him in Columbus this year can really help those tools blossom. And so I'm excited to see Will Howard. He can absolutely be a top 100 type of guy if you know all this comes to fruition and the talent that he has is able to uh, shine uh, with the talent around him at, at Ohio State. So I, I cannot wait to see how he performs with uh, and, and you know he's with the receivers, with the running backs. Um, you know, not a ton's going to be on him. It's just when you know it, there's going to be a third and eight, and he needs to make a play. Can he do it? Can he step up? And so uh, that'll be the key for him. But it's going to be fun to watch him uh, in these uh, new surroundings. Jeff Massarella, one of our best. Will Howard, arm strength. Your thoughts. Uh, I mean, it's certainly good enough. Um, you know, I don't. It, it, it's not going to be Matthew not Stafford. Elway, but he can throw it. No, he yeah, he's just fine. And he's you a know, big dude. He looks to be legitimately yes. like six four, six five. Yes, um, I think. Let me look at my notes if I have an exact. Uh, but that's six three, six five is kind of nebulous height that people say. Six five to me looks different. He's a big dude. Oh sure. Oh yeah. No, he is, and he's well built. Um, Okay, so yeah, last spring he was six oh four oh, so six four even, two hundred and forty four pounds. Um, that that's a big boy. That is a big guy who mm-hmm. That's barefoot, again, isn't it? Uh, probably. Um, yeah. when scouts measure uh, guys, yeah, they always do a barefoot or in socks. But yeah, whenever um, you know, watching Ohio State this year and then watching Ohio State with a Will Howard-led offense, that that's the big difference is the the stature and the mobility of the quarterback. It's just going to be something that we didn't see uh, from, from Kyle McCord this past year, which wasn't really part of his game. Uh, but it the, the amount of things that it'll help open up the offense, I mean, that's, that's something that is, if you're an Ohio State fan, reason, reason to be excited. It's inevitable, too, with the way we do things, that he's going to get to Josh – Allen comparisons. It's just inevitable with the way things are going. And I know that's preposterous Mm -hmm. because I was trying to explain Josh Allen to somebody. And here's what I came up with. 
You know when you went to play football with your friends at the park and everyone was in the fifth grade? And mm. then one guy brought his eighth grade brother with him. And you're like, dude, this isn't fair. This right, is, right, he's, yeah. he can throw, he's faster than everybody. He's stronger. We're all afraid to tackle him. That's not fair. Right. That's, that's Josh Allen, except it's the NFL. Um, okay, now, Dane, this is what I wanted to ask you. This is not an ambush. This is a okay. question about your vision of quarterbacks. You had Bryce Young rated ahead of C.J. Stroud. Most mm-hmm. people did, not in Columbus. Now, me personally, there's a reason it's called Buck Nuts. Okay. I never understood it. Um, simply for size reasons. It never got past that for me. Sure. The, the, the beginning of the year, I go with the argument, oh, uh, Carolina has a bad supporting cast, yada, yada. But it's not like um, CJ went to the 49ers, okay? He went to a first-year coach with, I don't think, would have had a great reputation for an offensive line. I mean, he turned Tank Dell and Nico Collins into legitimate dudes. Tank Dell is hurt. They still keep, seem to keep going. I've never seen Brevin Jordan make a play that good in my entire life. Was it – this is your job. And, and you, you pick, I imagine everyone is having to take a step back here and say, was it a miss? Was it he didn't do things that are, it's just incredible because he's now he is, it's not realistic to have predicted he would do this, even if you thought right. he was the greatest quarterback ever. Um, just where are you at with this? Because I'm sure you're a very introspective guy and you want to be right. And, I imagine Carolina is bumming right now, man, bumming. Um, and it's not that Bryce is not a potentially good player. It's that you pass on a generational quarterback. What's your vibe on the whole thing? I went too long on that, but go ahead. No, I, you know, and I, I would love to see, and I, and I go back to, you know, like Trubisky and Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes went to the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky goes to the Chiefs, where are we now? How do we think of those two quarterbacks now um, if those two situations are different? Because situation matters so, so much. And the Panthers are just an impossible situation. Now, that's not – I mean, obviously, C.J. Stroud, with the way he's played this year, you could argue he's a top-seven quarterback in the NFL right now. Well, who and, would you trade him for straight up right now? I mean, I, I think the top three quarterbacks are who? What? Josh Allen, uh, Lamar you Jackson, could... Patrick Mahomes. You know, I mean, those are the top three quarterbacks right now. Well, time out. It's a serious question. If if the Chiefs called you today and said, we'll trade you straight up, Stroud for Mahomes, would you do it? I mean, I don't. I, that's, the fact that you even hesitate is even is the, 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 the fact that, you know, we're talking about rookie contract and things exactly. like that. Like, yeah, that, that plays a part. Value. But no, that. Sure, and that speaks to just how special of a season C.J. Stroud uh, is having. Uh, not had, because they're still in this, um, is having. And and it's not like I didn't like C.J. Stroud as a prospect. I mean, he was, I think, my number three overall player. I mean, I, he, I had a big grade on C.J. So Stroud. You were high on him, higher than most. Yeah, the, the rhythm that he plays with, no matter the situation, um, you know, whether he's feeling pressure or not, he finds his rhythm just so easily finds that balance. Um, and then the accuracy, the poise, that's stuff that you just, it's, you can't teach. And the fact that he has that, um, in the NFL feeling the heat, uh, is so, so impressive. Now, 
if you put him, if you swap places with Bryce Young, what would it look like? I don't, I honestly don't know. And and that's it speaks more to the situation in Carolina and how much of a train wreck it is. Um, but no, all the credit to CJ Stroud and what he has done this year. He is a special, special player. And yeah, I don't think any of us expected, nobody expected this level of him this quickly. But yeah, I mean, I I, I really liked him as a as a prospect. That, that Georgia game really. I mean, I liked him going into the that Georgia game. But what he did against Georgia in that college football playoff game was like, okay, yeah, this guy, he's going to be an NFL starter for a high-level NFL starter for a long, long time. I love his floor. I thought his ceiling was kind of contingent on how much he was going to tap into the athleticism and moving around. And that was, we just didn't see him do that a lot at Ohio State. But he did it a lot more against uh, that Georgia defense and just picked him apart. And so that helped uh, erase some of the concerns. And so that Georgia tape really erased some of the concerns that we had with C.J. Stroud and all the credit to him that what he's been doing. He, If you're a Texans fan, man, how excited are you that you got your guy for the foreseeable future? And Yeah, and I mean, we'll see, you know, the offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick, how long he's going to be there. Does he get a head coaching job because of this? Um, it, you know, it's – it, it's it's a good time to be a Houston Texans uh, a fan, and you know what? A year ago, it just felt like the total opposite, and so that's what a quarterback, a legit quarterback, can do for your franchise, like CJ Stroud. It, it makes the water taste better. That's what someone told me. Yeah, a great quarterback makes the water taste better. It just does. It just changes the entire trajectory of your franchise. Mm-hmm. It's just the crown jewel. Um, and then when you take into account, um he's just a good dude, kind of a mild mannered guy. You know, he's mm-hmm. not, he's not a, you know, he's not a risk. This is not accurate, Jeff. So I'm going to let him, can Dane speak to why the, oh, I thought you said Dane in particular. I apologize. Can Dane speak to why the NFL loves combine results so much more than football results? I don't think that's accurate. I think uh, if you watch the combine, which has become a spectacle and I'm thankful for that. I love it. They, they go out of their way to tell you that it's it's the game tape that matters. But I also think that with the marketing of the combine, it's certainly take on a larger, you know, overall like vibe to it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, sure. It's, it's you know, if the NFL can sell it, they're going to sell it. Um, yeah. I, overall, the combine to me, it's important because to me, it's a cross checking exercise. Um, when I'm watching tape, I'm looking for traits. I'm looking for guys that run fast. I'm looking for guys that have length. And these are all things that we see at the combine. They're just verified. You know, we put a number next to it. So, uh, you know, when, when combine time comes around, if a guy runs faster or slower than we expected based off the game tape, well, then we're going back to the game tape to figure out why. What did we miss? And so the combine is a tool to kind of verify what we saw on tape. And if it doesn't match up, then, you know, there's, we have to figure out, you have to figure out why that's the job of a scout. And, you know, it's just, it's more of a cross-checking exercise than anything, even though 40 yard dashes and all that, that gets the headline. But for teams, grades are mostly done at that point. It's just, they use the combine as a verification that, okay, yeah, this guy is, we thought this guy was fast. He ran fast. We're not going to all of a sudden bump him up even more because he ran fast. We already knew that. So it's just a more of a verification than anything. Keep in mind people, not every football player is utilized correctly in college either. So, I mean, that too. Sure. 
you know, you get them out there, you get to see them do some different things, and they're not drafting all first-round draft picks. They're looking for people to fill out their entire roster, so just traits in general. And Dane mm-hmm. will tell you this. The most important thing at the Combine, from what I've been told, is the medicals. Medicals. And yep. the reason they have it there is so they get all the doctors in one spot. I think they have, like, a pool doctor that does some stuff. That's and why like the, for Mike the Paul, Combine that's was created. One thing. Yeah. Sure. The combine was created for the medicals, so they could have one central place to get all these medicals. Every team, do- every team, all 32 teams, bring a doctor, have their head training staff, and they will look at every single player and have a medical report on them. So, and that's something that they'll be accessing in four years in free agency when they're talking about maybe signing a player. What was his combine medicals like, and this and that. So it's uh, it's definitely a vital, and that, and then also the interviews, sitting down with these guys one on one. Um, putting quarterbacks on the whiteboard, understanding them from a personal standpoint, from a psyche standpoint, um, th- that's definitely a big part uh, of the – a big step in the process. He is the best there is in the business. Um, didn't have to do as much intense research for us today. I have a feeling next draft cycle, though, we're going to have to go two hours. Yeah, I still almost no kept kidding. you 50 anyway. But um, all right, last question. I have to sneak, sneak in here. Shocker. HE4 Buckeye. What are Dane's thoughts regarding Justin Fields' performance with the Bears? We talked about this earlier. Dane, finish it with your vibes on how things are going to work out again with uh, Justin. Uh, yeah, I think he's played better. And if you're if you're a team looking for a quarterback, that's encouraging. And you're going to make an offer because I think the Bears are going to trade him. I think that this is a chance to reset the quarterback clock. If you're the Bears, draft your, your guy. Um, I, I will be surprised if they if Justin Fields is still their quarterback, uh, you know, four months from now. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, there's, there's a lot of things, you know, they, they're going to hire an offensive coordinator here. Um, you know, there's some, when you have the number one overall pick, you, you have options. And so you listen to all your options, you lay them out, then you make an informed decision. But um, I, I think the rest of the league believes that Justin Fields will be traded and the quarterback will be number one to the bears. Long way to go. Caleb Williams was pulling the old uh, Manning trick here, I think, trying to get out ahead and not go to the Bears. We will see how that works out. We are just greatly appreciative that Dane gives us as much time as he has. He is the best in the business. You can follow him at The Athletic. His mock drafts are gospel. We appreciate him stopping by. Have a good one. Bye.